a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Tuesday night. The 3rd of January in a brand new year. Welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you this January 3rd? Well, I've had better days. (laughs) Yes, I guess you have. I'm I'm not going to go into the whole thing. I'm going to spare you good listeners all of that diatribe. But um, we had another round of big snow over the last couple of days we got about another 14 to 16 inches of it uh global warming piled up all over the damn place and um my wife is not here so i'm without my usual dog wrangler for showtime so if the dogs start barking and fighting uh, outside of the office there's really nothing i can do (laughs) back and enjoy it (laughs) Um, we had a couple of power blinks earlier today. We're hoping we can get the whole show in, but if we go poof, you'll know why it's because of the storms that we've had. Now it's cleared off. It quit snowing, but trees are weighted down. Power lines are weighted down with snow and ice. Um, and it's iffy. So we're hoping we're going to get the whole show in. We're going to give it our best shot. Yeah. And if by some chance we don't, we'll recut it as a podcast and we'll get that podcast up. Right. So one way or another, there'll be something eventually on RSPRadio1.com when you click the podcast button. It may not be a show from tonight. It may be a show from tomorrow, but but we'll we'll get something up. Um, Absolutely. You know, I've been uh, on and off today. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, alternatively going outside and scooping global warming off my driveway and coming back in and checking on things that are going on in the world. You know, and one of the things I've been trying to keep up with is this situation that occurred in the Monday night football game last night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, what a, what a bizarre turn of events that was. Absolutely. You know, I found out uh, this afternoon that a former Nebraska Cornhusker quarterback, who's now the coach of the Bengals, um, he uh, he's the one that actually called the game off 
last mm-hmm. night, and, and what a good thing he did, you know. Uh, and I put up a little post about that this afternoon, you know, for all my Husker f- friends that uh, follow me on Facebook. And a lot of them, you know, clicked like on it, and, and people were sharing it. But, you know, there are those out there who, because um, DeMar Hamlin had the jab and the boosters, are instantly, without any hesitation, blaming the jab and the boosters on his cardiac arrest during yeah. the game last night. You know, and the, the, the fact of the matter is we don't know exactly right. what happened to him. There have been other athletes over the years who have had cardiac arrest after getting hit in the chest like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So we don't know. We don't know what kind of underlying cardiac conditions he may have had. Um, we don't know. Could it be uh, a result of something having to do with the jam? Yeah, it could be. Could it be any one of a half a dozen other things? Yeah, it could be. You know, but, you know, some of these people that, well, he got the jab. So that's, that's what caused his heart attack. We don't know that. Right. No, and we're not going to know anything because nothing on the medical end that's definitive has been released yet. He is in an induced coma. Right. Um, You know, but people need to understand something. There is a chance he's not going to come out of this. Or he'll come out of it as a vegetable because apparently what little bit of information we do have is that, yes, the uh, um, the device was used to restart his heart on the field, but it took nine minutes. Right. That's it, an awfully long time yeah. not to have your organs, your brain, everything oxygenated. So we don't know anything at this point, and people shouldn't jump to conclusions. Could it be the jab? Yes. Could it be he had an underlying heart condition, or he had an aneurysm, or he threw a blood clot? Absolutely. There's a lot of different things. Well, but until it, we have definitive medical, you know, uh, proof, I don't think people should be jumping on everybody, you know, who doesn't agree with them about something. You know, the, the thing of it is, you know, so many people out there on social media today, and I've seen it all over social media. Well, he had the jab, so that's why he had the cardiac arrest. And they're not even considering any other possibility. And to me, they sound like those idiot liberals who, a couple of years ago, were blaming car crash deaths on COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, come on. Some of you are starting to sound you're so far to the right that you're actually shaking hands with the left and you don't even know it. You know, if it is the jab, hey. Hey. You know, maybe it will take something right. like this, somebody of name, to wake people up. Right, right. But, but until we know. Right, until we know. You know, I mean, that's that's what it is. Now, you're working on um, yet another COVID article for next week, right? I know, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so you're and you're going to discuss, you know, a lot about the jab and the boosters and and all of that in in that article. But this week, tonight, you're talking about to aid and comfort the enemy times two. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
And I'd like to thank everybody. I've been getting tremendous response to that article. Good. I'm covering tonight the Democrat Party's tyranny exposed. It all has to do with the Twitter files. Oh, you mean those little things, tweet, tweet? Yes. So that's, that's what we got coming up for you good folks later in this show tonight. But let's start with some quick hitters, and we'll start with the Idaho murder suspect, this Brian Koberger. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was pulled over by law enforcement twice on a cross-country trip with his father before he was finally arrested. Yes, and he's actually going to try to exonerate himself, never mind that the DNA was found. Um, but you know the strangest thing I think about him this guy, he's not a kid, he's 28 years old. Right. He had to have done other things in the past. And the reason I say that, if you look at pictures of him, especially ones where he's staring straight forward, and you compare that look in those eyes to other mass killers, it's, it's, the guy is insane. Yeah, but it's don't, spooky. But don't try to use an insanity plea you know, to, to, let's say, not forfeit your life, no matter that you killed four people. I mean, he looks not right. His eyes don't focus right. I agree. And he just, I mean, all of them, including Ted Bundy, had this, this look about them. Yeah. And I the mean, family had to know. The family had to know there was something wrong with him. That Yeah, he was a criminal justice major right okay and i it it looks to me and this is just my opinion but it looks to me like he thought he knew enough about criminal justice and police work that he thought he could get away with this right and you know craig he almost did if someone hadn't picked up on the white car he could have very well have gotten away with it well, you know, obviously, um, they, they've got DNA. I think they probably ran that through one of those familial DNA sites to find they people did, that I he think. was related to because yeah. he didn't have any DNA on file because he had never been right. arrested for anything. So doesn't mean he hasn't done anything. You know, and while it seems like it took an extraordinary amount of time to finally catch him, honestly, I think because of the nature of the crime uh, and the fact that this guy wasn't on anybody's radar, I think the police in Idaho did a fantastic job. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're getting someone from who lives clear across the country who just happened to be doing his doctorate at a school just four miles from the house. It's, it's kind of spooky. And scary to think that there are people like that roaming our country. Right. Who knows how many, you know, unsolved murders are by people like this. I bet in his background, they'll find out that he hurt animals. Could be. That he might have attacked other people. I mean, someone, the, the odds of someone normal suddenly snapping and doing something like that. It's like a billion to one. Well, and and the fact that the the brutality that was involved in these four murders, right? The the uh, the savagery that was involved in them, 
it it tends to make you think it's probably not his first rodeo. Right. He was too cool. Even when he was arrested, right away he said he's waiving extradition. He'll go there to prove, to exonerate himself. Right. It's like, I didn't do this. Yes, I know I did it, but I didn't do this. And because I'm a criminal justice you know, um, a doctoral candidate, I'll work the system and I'll get away with this. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get away with it. No, I don't think so either, Um, because now they can get DNA from him all they want. But I guarantee you, it's probably going to take at least a year before he's ever on trial. See, that's wrong. I, well, I agree, but they're gonna they're gonna build up an ironclad case, and there's gonna be all sorts of discovery. And they're honestly just because they got him doesn't mean the investigation is over. Now they're digging into his past. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, so yeah. I mean, there's well, a the lot way, of stuff to coughing, do. I swallowed water the wrong way. <laughs> well, don't do that again. I know. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> you know, that's how people drown, Diane. <laughs> well if you asphyxiated into your lungs you can drown that's for sure i'm I'm not a medical expert but people drown that way (laughs) you know it will pass um you know we'll we'll keep an eye on that case because we're going to be hearing a lot about it in the coming months i'm sure but moving on in the quick hitters federal prosecutors we we've reached a milestone federal prosecutors have now spent 4 years investigating hunter biden 4 years yes i mean that is totally ridiculous and of course nothing's been done now, That's, if this had been if this had been a Republican who was you know being looked at for what he is, they would have already had investigations and 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 um, trials and this and that and everything else. But because it's Hunter Biden, he isn't going to get charged with anything. A, um, Merrick Garland is the AG. No more needs to be said. I mean, let's remember the FBI had the laptop for over mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. and and claimed they never knew what was on it. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the Democrat Party at work. This is what they do. You know, they the Hunter Biden thing was actually a diversion from the real issues of the day. Right. Meaning the border and, and Ukraine and, and the economy they kept people focused on Hunter while Biden was allowed to do all the nasty anti-American things that he's done. Well, and and that is certainly going to continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just because we know because of the laptop, what Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, for that matter, were involved in mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything's ever going to happen. It's not. Just like folks, I hate to tell you, but, you know, all these investigations that the Republicans are claiming, they're going to look into the border, they're going to look into COVID, you know, its its origin and all that. Nothing's going to be done. They can investigate all they want. But Merrick Garland will never bring charges. But federal investigators have spent four years, count them, Mm -hmm. one, two, three, four years investigating Hunter Biden. 
on our right. taxpayer dime. Mm-hmm. I, gar- I guarantee you they haven't spent four minutes investigating Hunter Biden. They right. said four years ago that they were opening an investigation. That doesn't mean they've done anything. No, it doesn't. We don't huh. have proof they've done anything because nothing has happened. You know, I mean, everything you need to know about Hunter Biden was on his laptop. And all of that has now been made public. So everybody knows what he's been involved in over the years. You know, from the hookers and the cocaine and other various drugs to the scam deals that he was making with foreign entities like Russia and Ukraine and China. We, We know everything about the guy. How could they possibly spend four years on this investigation? Everything was in the laptop. Well, you know, the laptop, remember, uh, for some time it suddenly disappeared and nobody knew where it was? Right, right. Yeah, it disappeared. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure it did. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was under somebody's mattress. Probably Hunter's own mattress, right? Or or James Comey's. Oh, Comey's a good one, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, come on. Um, But good Lord. I mean, we know it's been a long time, but when you actually see it in print, that it's been four years. That's kind of like salt in the wound, you know? Yeah. And especially because you know at the end, there is no light at the end of the tunnel because Merrick Garland isn't going to do anything. Precisely. Um, Here's some good news. Gas prices are on the rise again and maybe back up to four bucks a gallon by mid-May. Just in time for the summer vacations and the driving and all that. That's a coincidence. That's a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, Biden has nothing to do with it. Him and no. his policies have nothing to do with that. You know, we're pretty soon we're going to run out of uh, fuel in the National Reserve. And then what's he going to do? Uh, he'll make more deals with Venezuela. Well, yeah, you've got a good point there. Um, you know, this, this whole thing, you know, gas prices could come down in a minute. If, right. if we said we're going to go ahead and, and finish the, the pipeline and start drilling holes. I could guarantee you that if that they announced, okay, we're going to start drilling, we're going to start fracking, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. I guarantee you, you would see those lines up and running in record time. Well, not only that, but OPEC would drop the price. They'd have to because they know... Uh, they know what's coming, right? Exactly. You know, and uh, but not not under not under the uh, O Biden regime, Obama Biden. Right. Um, that's not going to happen. So, you know, buckle up, folks. Get ready for another skyrocketing price at the pump. Well, it can't beat eight dollars a carton for twelve eggs. My God, I had to go to the grocery store last week, and and I had to get eggs for us and eggs for a friend, okay? Mm-hmm. And I came back out of the grocery store. Susan was waiting in the car. I come out of the grocery store. She said, did you remember to get Julie's eggs? And I said, yeah, and you better give her a call and tell her to sit down when you tell her what she owes us. <laughs> Eight dollars <laughs> well, a dozen. Well, what was funny... When my husband picked up 
a dozen eggs a day or two ago, and he took a picture of the sign with the eggs. Okay, the eggs were I think it was seven fifty nine, something like that. Not quite eight, but getting right at that eight margin. And the sign said, "Sale, the best deal in town." Yeah. And I'm like, "Are they kidding me? These are eggs." You know, I got to the checkout. Uh, there at the grocery, and the lady at the checkout, very nice lady, and, you know, I put my two cartons of eggs down. She says, can you believe the price of eggs? And mm-hmm. I said, what, did those little prairie lobsters join a union? <laughs> <laughs> prairie lobsters, I like that. Uh, well, that's what I, I mean, call them. I mean, you think the price of eggs is bad? Go buy a chicken. Holy crap. They're they're going for like $12 now for a little chicken. It's a chicken. I know. Used to be the cheapest meat you could buy. Yeah. Well, it's not meat. It's poultry. Well, poultry is meat. (laughs) Chicken meat. I mean, this this has gotten out of hand. and, And Biden just doesn't have a clue. And when you have Obama pulling Biden's strings, you know it's not going to get better. No. No, and we got to endure another two years of this crap. I know. I know. And even the Democrats know that Biden has to stay in place because even they don't want Kamala. Uh, but do you think he can make it? Do you think he can fill out his term? I'm beginning to wonder. I think I think the guy's cheese has completely slid off the cracker. Well, Obama will make sure they'll pump him up with something and... Uh, They'll get him out there, you know, teleprompted and all. And uh, the the big thing is I'm waiting for him to officially announce he's running again. Well, he said it over and over again, you know. Yeah, but the other day he came out and said he's mulling it over. Right, right. And folks, you know when the medication is worn off, it's when he starts that weird whispering. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, yes. that's when the medication is worn off. And then he starts wandering around, not knowing where he is. Not knowing how to get away from the podium, shaking hands with invisible people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Speaking of not knowing what the hell is going on, I hope, people, you have caught some of these um, clips about the House nomination for Speaker. It's not going well for Kevin McCarthy at all i i I was watching some of that today diane and the only thing i could keep thinking was this is not my circus and those are not my monkeys oh god they're absolutely ridiculous i can understand look i i don't think mccarthy is the best choice either if it was up to me it would have been probably steve scalise or um lee zeldin um, but you know what? What they're doing now is they are putting on a freak show. They are dividing the Republican Party even more. Mm. They are making us look like fools. And for those that are nominating Jim Jordan, he has come out. He stood at that podium and said he is supporting McCarthy. He does not want this nomination because he wants to be chair of certain very, very key committees that are going to be doing the investigation into COVID, into Hunter Biden, into Joe Biden. That's what he wants. That's what he's good at. 
He doesn't want to be speaker. And yet now it's up to 20 of these people are voting for, for you know, for him. And, and, and he doesn't want it. I you just know, don't get it, Craig. I, well, it's it's a bizarre situation. And I watched a lot of it this mm-hmm. afternoon. They've been now through three rounds of voting. They We still don't have a Speaker of the House. They right. have um, recessed or adjourned. I guess that's adjourned. how they put it. Adjourned until noon tomorrow, and the circus will begin anew. Now, mm-hmm. some of them are saying, obviously, Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the votes, and he's not going to get it, so we need to find somebody else. Right. McCarthy, for his part, says, I'm not going anywhere. You know, sometimes you have to see the handwriting on the wall. You're not going to sway these. It's now went from 19. Another one jumped on board against him. You're not going to sway these 20 people. He already sold certain things out that he should not have done. Right. Including how many you need to... Um, basically call a speaker to task and all that. The Speaker of the House is supposed to unite the party, not divide it. If it was two or three holdouts, yeah, you can see it. You're always going to have some in the bunch. But when you have 20, and he is no way ever going to meet that 216, 218. he's got to step down. 218, I'm sorry. Yeah. He has to step down. Well, nobody... Say, no nominated, uh, anybody nominated for speaker, no one in that position has ever stepped away from it in the past, ever. Right. And well, it's the first time for everything. And it's been 100 years, exactly, since uh, a speaker vote went past one vote. And today they held three and they still don't have a speaker. Well, there was that one time it went all the way to February. And the problem with this stuff is, folks, while they're dilly-dallying over who's going to sit on the podium, nothing's getting done. Biden will still run rampant. People who were just voted in cannot even be sworn in until there's a House Speaker. Right. The government basically is going to go nowhere so why are we bothering to refund it if we don't even have a speaker? I mean, this is insanity. This makes us look awful. Well, it, it does in a way, but maybe with nothing happening in Congress, maybe that's a good thing. Well, I mean, you've got cons- to be able to swear in the new people. Considering the last thing they did was pass a $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, maybe doing nothing is better than that. How the Republicans, those traitors, went along with that is beyond me. It would have passed anyway because the Democrats had more votes. But we should have shown a united front. Why are Republicans so afraid to stand united and grow up? I don't think a backbone is all they need. They need a couple of cojones to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, I I just don't get it. What are they afraid of? Well, it just doesn't make any sense. We've got too many establishment 
Republicans. And I think, honestly, Kevin McCarthy is an establishment Republican. I won't go so far. Yeah, I, I won't go so far to say he's a rhino, but he's an establishment Republican. Right. And, and those people are part of the problem. They're part of the D.C. swamp. You know, McCarthy is one of those. Sure. Yeah, McCarthy's one of those guys who won't take a stand on anything, but he'll he'll be willing to cut deals. And I don't think these liberals are people you want to cut deals with. No, and I don't think, you know, the one thing about the 20, they don't want to cut deals either. No. They want us to to go and work on the problems and find solutions, not sit there and make kissy face with the Democrats. Here's the problem. we got about a minute left in the segment. Here's the problem. We've got 222 Republicans now in the House. Mm-hmm. Okay. 202 of them won't take a stand. Right. That's a problem. That's a big, big problem. You know, 20 20 of them now have taken a stand and said no to Kevin McCarthy. But the other 202, they won't take a stand. Well, they're going to have to. They're going to have to come up with someone else. Like I said, I'd like to see Celise. Yes, uh, Scalise, Scalise or Scalise or um, Lee Zeldin, because right. he did fantastic against that god awful governor in New York. And uh, personally, I think he actually won it. But you know, it's not who votes; it's who counts the votes. Well, um, I think he'd be a good speaker. Yeah, here's the bottom line. You do not have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be the Speaker of the House. And with that in mind, I am available. Ah, okay. I'm just saying. I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just saying. Folks, we've hit the bottom of the hour. That means we got to take a break. Uh, Get a couple of station IDs in. You know, all that good stuff. Later, about a half an hour from now, I'm talking about the Democrat Party's tyranny exposed. But when we come back from the bottom of the hour break, Diane has it with to aid and comfort the enemy times two. Folks, stay with us. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. 
On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. And if you miss any part of tonight's show, go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning. Click the podcast button. This show will be there and so will all the others. But this is a special show because it's the first one of 2023. Yes, it is. All right, Diane, so for this week in your op-ed, you have taken on to aid and comfort the enemy times two. Right, and let's start with this quote. The West thinks that they didn't finish us off in 1990 when the Soviet Union started to collapse. They think they can destroy us again and divide Russia into many parts. Now, that was said by Victor Bout in his first post-trade interview. Well, it's happened before, and recently it happened again, albeit with different players, as Obama's puppet on a string, Joe Biden, took it upon himself to release to Russian authorities one of the world's most dangerous bad guys in order to have returned to America a grade B sports figure who actually pled guilty to the very drug charges Russia accused her of. And Biden knew this trade was inherently wrong, yet he did it anyway. Never mind that giving aid and comfort to the enemy surely had to come to mind. But with his ability to now check off key woke boxes, as in, said sports figure, being an America defaming, America hating, black gay woman, even those Democrats who criticize said trade do not understand the severity of what Biden allowed to take place. But first, remember back to May 31st, 2014, when Barack Hussein Obama ignored advice from both the Pentagon and top intelligence officers regarding four of the Taliban five commanders he was considering trading for American trader Bo Bergdahl. Saying they would likely return to the battlefield, Obama went ahead anyway and ordered the release of all five, including convicted terrorists Karula Kahikara, their names I can never pronounce, a man known to have had close personal ties with Osama bin Laden. And upon his release, Karakara not only returned to the battlefield to jihad, but used Qatar, where he was sent to, as a base of operations from which to form a regime in exile, a regime where he not only became both the mastermind behind the Taliban's takeover of Kabul, but part of the officially recognized Taliban delegation that negotiated the final terms of Biden's fiasco withdrawal from Afghanistan. And Craig, giving aid and comfort to the enemy truly had to come full circle. What with Biden now fully involved in what's called 
human bartering. And why not? He's been involved in human trafficking for a couple of years, too, at our southern border. But how does this compare, you know, what you just went through with the Taliban, with, with Obama and releasing the 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 five for uh, Bo Bergdahl? How does that compare to what we have now with the uh, the release of this guy for Brittany Griner? Right. Okay, so we're going to forward, folks, here to December 9th. 2022, when Biden formally secured the release of Brittany Griner, a WNBA basketball player, now more famous for her knee-taking defamation and dishonoring of all things America, than for her athletic prowess. Arrested at Russia's Shermetyenko International Airport outside Moscow last February 17th on drug smuggling charges when trying to board a flight home to the U.S. after having played in Russia during the WNBA offseason. The Biden administration negotiated her release in exchange for a former Soviet military officer and translator, Victor Baud, now known as the Merchant of Death, a top international arms dealer and trafficker who back in 2011 was convicted by the Department of Justice of conspiring to sell millions of dollars worth of weapons to FARC. That is the designated foreign terrorist organization actually based in Colombia. In fact, Bout's downfall occurred when on March 6, 2008, during a covertly recorded conversation with supposed confidential sources meeting in Thailand, Bout clearly stated that he could arrange to airdrop 800 surface-to-air missiles, those are called SAMs, 30,000 AK-47 firearms, 10 million rounds of ammunition, 5 tons of C4 plastic explosives, ultralight airplanes outfitted with both grenade launchers and unmanned aerial vehicles to FARC operatives in Colombia with the understanding that the weapons would be used to attack not only U.S. helicopters, but American personnel in Colombia as well. Saying at trial that FARC's fight against the United States was also his fight, Bout stated that he had been fighting the United States for 10 to 15 years, and that he also offered to provide his people to train FARC fighters in the use of said weapons. And with the aforementioned DOJ conviction on, but not limited to, conspiring to kill Americans and conspiring to provide material support to terrorists, Bowd himself became a designated terrorist and was sentenced to 25 years in federal prison, serving just 12 of those years. But Craig, thanks to Joe Biden, Victor Bao is now free to travel the world on Putin's behalf and add more notches to his soon-to-be-expanded belt of the deceased, American and Ukrainian deceased, that is. Yeah, but Biden's pretty proud of this whole trade thing, isn't he? I mean, hasn't he been kind of going out there and bragging about it and making excuses why it's so great? He sure has. You know, in fact, those in the Biden administration to continue to develop uh, herald this prisoner exchange with the excuse for said trade being that Bout is not currently listed as a 
uh, specifically designated national, a.k.a. a terrorist. And why is that? Because Biden and his ilk considered Victor Bout to be just a run-of-the-mill convicted criminal who was scheduled for release in a few years anyway. What with Secretary of State Anthony Blinken having removed FARC from the U.S. terrorist list back in 2021. Therefore, no FARC being listed as a terrorist organization in their minds, equated to Bout himself not being a terrorist, no matter his previous conviction. I say how convenient is that? And so another convicted terrorist has been set free by a Democrat president, actually to me by the same string-pulling ex-president, this time not in exchange for an American traitor who once home at least saw military justice being doled out, but for a useless America-hating so-called athlete whose life Biden deemed more important to America than a former Marine still languishing in a Russian prison cell. Paul Whelan, whose larceny conviction led to his being dishonorably discharged from the Marines, remained in his heart a Marine nevertheless, after his having served two tours of duty in Iraq. However, at the time of his arrest, Whelan was a civilian contractor working in Russia as a U.S. corporate security executive. Sentenced in 2018 to 16 years in a Russian prison, Craig, he's currently being housed in penal colony IK-17, eight hours away from Moscow. His arrest and conviction on espionage charges were based solely upon drummed up and unstantiated information. So why do you think that Whalen was left out of the deal? I mean, you know, why, why couldn't we do a, a two-for-one uh, you know, type of thing. Why couldn't we get, you know, Victor Bout's a big fish, right? Mm-hmm. So why couldn't we get two uh, for the price of one? Why was he left out, Waylon? Why was he left out of this deal? Well, I believe it's because he's now but a pawn being kept in check by Putin to be used as a bartering tool in a later trade for someone even more important to Putin and Russia than even Victor Bout. In fact, Biden told the American people that Vladimir Putin would only agree to release Grinea and no one else, most especially Paul Whelan. So instead of walking away, Biden allowed himself to be dictated to by Putin, who saw no real value in Brittany Griner, who, by the way, now that she's home, will rake in millions of dollars courtesy of her knowingly breaking Russian law, and that she alone would let be let go while he secured the release of an arms dealer whose release Russia will benefit from for many years to come. And without returning home to a hero's welcome, he surely will resume his old profession and serve Putin and Russia well as payback for his freedom. And Vladimir Putin garners the last laugh, for he gambled on flexing muscle now by dealing with a weak American president instead of a stronger president come 2024, a gamble that for him and Mother Russia seems to have paid off well. But what remains the final fallout from both of these most abominable of prisoner exchanges is that giving aid and comfort and a victory to the enemy is the constitutional definition of treason. 
And while Joe Biden probably has no clue what he has done, after all, most times he has no clue where he even is, his puppet master Obama knows well that both his and Biden's said actions are in violation of the very Constitution he still considers to be both an outdated and flawed document. But no matter, for the Constitution clearly states in Article 2, Section 3, that, quote, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort, end quote. Simply, aid and comfort refers to any help given by someone to our nation's enemy in such a way that said help amounts to treason. Now, Craig, these are three simple words in regards to treason and paramount regarding exchanging five convicted terrorists for an American traitor and an admitted in Russian court drug smuggling grade B athlete, both of whom serve absolutely no tangible benefits to our country. You know, the who we got back in these two trades, okay, Bo Bergdahl and Brittany Greiner, that's mm-hmm. not really the story here, is it? Because isn't the story who we gave back to our enemies yes. and, and, and the price that America will pay because of that? Absolutely. For example, in Obama's case, the actual releasing of the Taliban 5 against the aforementioned advice of both Pentagon and top intelligence officers directly and with malice obviously intended allowed what were enemy combatants to again kill more Americans, Americans whose blood will forever stain Obama's hands, as if the blood of Benghazi wasn't enough. In other words, Obama not only aided avowed enemies of our nation in their ability to commit further acts of war, of jihad, against American troops, but certainly a great comfort to them, for he knowingly did so in violation of a federal law as well. How so? Simply by his failing to notify Congress at least 30 days before said trade was to take place. In fact, the Pentagon not only told Congress about the trade on the very day the trade was made, therefore Congress did not have time to officially authorize the needed mandatory spending for the trade to take place. And Obama's actions also violated the uh, Anti-Deficiency Act the law protecting Congress's power of the purse, thus leaving the Department of Defense to foot the $988,400 cost of Obama's, what I have always believed to be a treasonous prisoner exchange. And in the case of Victor Bout and Biden's allowing for his return to Russia, war of sorts, even in the broadest of sense, will most probably be levied against our country courtesy of Bout's chosen profession, a profession which has already helped fuel on and help man numerous wars around the world, along with Bout's previous words stated under oath that he has been, quote, fighting, been at war with the United States for 10 to 15 years, end quote. Now it in the fact that upon his return to Russia, Bout joined the Liberal Democrat Party, an ultra-nationalist pro-Kremlin party known for its call 
to reassemble the former Soviet Union and will likely aid Putin in restocking his dwindling weapons and ammo supply, leaving the definition of aid and comfort, comforting our enemy Putin, that is, to once again be met. Simply, Vladimir Putin was able to both outmaneuver and checkmate Joe Biden, a man who was playing checkers instead of playing chess. And the biggest losers in both Obama's and Biden's prisoner exchanges were America herself and we the people as well. For without strong leadership, leadership who plays by the Constitution's rules and who are called to task when not doing so, America will continue to be led by traitorous despots masquerading as presidents who willingly aid and comfort the enemy with America and Americans be damned. Case closed. Let me ask you what may not be as hypothetical a question as I would like it to be. Okay. Okay. Uh, How long do you think it's going to take Victor Bout to fall in with the Mexican drug cartels that are wreaking havoc on our border? He's probably doing it right now. He's probably supplying them right now. I mean, he was supplying far, and he was, if he if he wants to kill Americans, and he does, and he does, it's it's, it's not an if. Um, given the fact that he wants to kill Americans, and given the fact that we have a wide open border uh, at our southern tip uh, of this country. Wouldn't the best way to do it uh, would be to ally himself with the Mexican drug cartels who are not only human trafficking but running fentanyl from China across our border? If he helps to arm them, that's going to make it awful difficult for us to close down that border, not only because they're armed and we're not doing anything, but because the, the more heavily armed the drug cartels become, the less control the Mexican government has. I honestly think that his operation was still in effect even while he was in jail and that he's probably been arming a faction of them all along. Let me, let me ask a rhetorical question that may not be as rhetorical as I'd like it to be. Okay. Okay. Do you think this Victor Bout... How how long has he been in prison? Do we know that? 12 years. 12, 12 years. 12 years. Okay. Do you think he had anything to do with the weapons that were run across the border in Fast and Furious? He Do you think it's have. possible? Do you think it's yes. possible? Yeah. Because he's been an armed dealer for decades and decades and well, you know, Fast and Furious, for those people who don't remember, that was Obama and uh, the, the uh, Eric uh, Holder. Eric Holder, yeah. And, and they ran military-grade weapons in a quote-unquote sting operation because they were going to follow the weapons and be able to catch right. the drug cartels with the weapons. However, all the tracking devices on the weapons fell off. And, How convenient. And, yes, and, and we lost all those weapons. We literally, Obama and Holder literally armed the Mexican drug cartels. It would not come as a surprise to me that Victor Bout was 
was the straw man in that deal. Well, you know, his operation, like I said, it's it's been decades in the making. And don't think just because he's in prison that he's still not running things or his people, his top people are running his organization. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to jail. That's the end of my gun running. It doesn't work that way. No, I mean, look, we couldn't keep people like Capone in jail without him running the mafia family, right? What, what what makes you think that we can keep a guy like Victor Bout in jail and he's not running his his gun running thing? No, I mean, he's been running it all he's been running it all along. Um But but see, twelve years ago he wasn't in prison, so he could have actually been the the straw man in person. Well, well, no, 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 no. In two thousand and eight, when he got busted in Thailand, he was in their custody for a while before okay. he was extradited. No, okay. I think anything that he did, he did behind the scenes. He he ran his operation from jail. Do from you a prison really cell. Think from prison. Do you really think that he didn't have? Any contact with the outside world? Oh, come on. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, we know how these cartels operate, right? Right. Remember El Chapo? Yes. Okay, so we know how these things work. And a guy like Victor Bout having the contacts, the international contacts that he had, and, and you know they were numerous because you don't, trade arms at that level i mean you you gave a laundry list of stuff in here from from arms deals with him um in in this op-ed uh you know thirty thousand ak 47s i mean holy crap 10 million rounds of ammo five tons of c4 i mean the list went on and on you you don't deal in that volume unless you've got a boatload of contacts of course he had contacts and and you know he wasn't um treated like a regular prisoner oh i'm sure not either you know these people of name whether it's nefarious name or good name they're treated a little bit differently than the general population well especially when you got people like obama and biden in charge yeah. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Obama, who knows? Maybe he even paid a couple of visits to him. I'm <laughs> kidding, folks. I'm yeah, kidding. You know, it's it's just, uh, you know, the title on your op-ed, To Aid and Comfort the Enemy Times 2, is one of the most apropos titles for an op-ed I've ever seen. Um, yeah. Folks, if you want this op-ed and, and you want you know, this laundry list of stuff. And by the way, you have a video embedded in mm-hmm. this too, right? Um, yeah. And, and this video, you, you need to see this. It's the moment that Brittany Griner and Victor Bout met on the runway during the exchange. Right. And the, there was a handshake. People that were there said there was a handshake, but they cut the video in such a way to delete the handshake. Right. And it's right. obvious. It is obvious to every single person who sees it that this video has been cut. 
you know, um, Lizzie Borden was more accurate with her cutting than this was. Yeah. You I know, can I'm do just, a better job than, than uh, I'm just saying. these crows did. Mm-hmm. Um, folks, if you want to see that video, if if you want you know to, to read this and share it, and I hope you will share it, you need to go to Diane's blog at thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or you can go to rspradio1.com, and you can find the link at either place, and you can share it from either place. Uh, let people know what's really going on with this thing. I mean, this whole Brittany Griner thing, you know, the the real story <clears throat> with the Brittany Griner prisoner swap got lost in the fact that it was Brittany Griner. Right. Nobody was nobody was paying any attention at all other than, well, this guy we, we swapped for Brittany Griner was a bad guy. They They didn't really know the whole story, most people. No. No, and, and, you know, they forget. I personally, if it was me, I would have let her rot in a Russian jail. She hates this country so much. Putin can keep her. Yeah. But even he didn't want her. Poetic justice was the fact they had a welcome home thing for her in Texas, and only about 21 people showed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, this, this, you know, what you've done here. Diane, with with this op-ed, is you have exposed the pattern, okay? Mm-hmm. The uh, the blueprint for the pattern was the Taliban 5 for Bo Bergdahl. Right. That was the, a disgrace beyond belief. The pattern continues with Victor Bout for Brittany Griner. But you know what was even worse about the Taliban trade? The head Taliban guy, whose name I cannot pronounce... He not only went back and killed Americans, but he actually sat down with our American negotiators to work out Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah, that went well. That went real well. But you notice the media covered that up. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't expect them to put that in the headline. No, no. So Obama knew damn well what he was doing. Biden added the cherry on top. And by doing that and having that man there at the negotiating table, that is aiding and abetting. That is treason. And what you need to know about that, folks, is the fact that Obama engineered both those swaps. Exactly. Because Biden is not capable of engineering anything. And anyone who thinks that Obama is not pulling Biden's strings, you need a checkup from the neck up. Biden couldn't engineer a trade of a pudding pop for a box of goobers. Probably. I'm just just saying. Folks, go to Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com or rspradio1.com. Get the link to to aid and comfort the enemy times two and share it everywhere. That's what we want you to do. With that, we've hit the top of the hour, which means another quick break, a couple more station IDs, and when we come back, the final segment of tonight's show, and I'm going to be discussing the Democrat Party's tyranny exposed, all about what we know from the Twitter files and what the real story there is. Right. And there's more 
drops coming, folks. Another one hit today. Mm-hmm. Folks, stay tuned. There's more Right Side Patriots after this. Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. RSPRadio1.com is where you want to be tomorrow morning if you miss any part of tonight's show. All you have to do is click the podcast button. This show and all the rest are sitting there waiting for you. Okay. All right. So, folks may have heard a little something here and there about the Twitter files. And, and maybe they're familiar with the name Elon Musk. Right? Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, people are getting all caught up in the details in the Twitter files, you know, and, and what's contained in the emails back and forth between this person and that person, you know. And I got to looking at that, and I, I've been following this Twitter file thing pretty closely. Uh, in fact, this is my second article in a row on it. But I think people might be missing what the real story is here. Okay. Why don't you tell us? Well, suddenly our government has come to the conclusion that China is using TikTok to spy on Americans, and they're also using that platform to corrupt our elections and indoctrinate our youth. They want to ban TikTok from all government devices. Now, bear in mind that at the federal level, this is the same government that's been using social media to spy on, indoctrinate, propagandize, and censor Americans for years. At best, the uh, 
concern regarding TikTok is disingenuous. Now, thanks to Elon Musk, we now know that transparency and the disinfectant known as sunshine comes at the cost of $44.5 billion. Musk has been dumping truth bombs for the past several weeks with the Twitter files, and while we haven't learned much that we didn't already suspect, we now have confirmation that those of us who had been for years labeled as conspiracy theorists have been right 100% of the time. Now, we now know that the banning and shadow banning of conservatives has been happening. We now know that the censorship of conservatives in the cyber public square has been taking place. We now know that blacklists really do exist. And we now know that the rules, use your air quotes, set up by social media have indeed been arbitrary. But none of that is the real story. We also know that it wasn't just Twitter doing it. We know that Facebook was doing it too. And if they were doing it, so too were all the other big tech platforms. And we know if social media was all in on it, so too was the mainstream media. But that's not the real story either. The real story is that according to the Twitter files, it was our government that was pushing it. It was the DNC, the Biden campaign, the Biden administration, the liberal elite at the FBI and other intel agencies, the DHS and the DOT, as well as various blue state state governments that were actively engaged in censorship of our freedom of speech and active and willful violations of our First Amendment right to free speech being perpetrated by our government. Private companies or individuals can limit free speech or censor speech. That is allowed under the Constitution. But it is illegal for the government or government agencies or entities to censor or restrict free speech or, for the same, to pressure private entities to censor free speech. Diane, it is also illegal for any government entity or agency to engage in such censorship by using a private company or entity as a tool for censorship. And that is exactly what liberal elites and agencies under the control of liberal elites have been doing through social and mainstream media. Well, there's something very interesting. You know, these things are open to interpretation, but one of the best interpretations was done by a law firm wasn't it? Yeah, the Chandra Law Firm. Okay, and let me quote what they say about the First Amendment. They say the First Amendment applies only to government action, not behavior by private employers, private companies, or private non-governmental individuals unless they acted in concert with government actors, unquote. Now, the Chandra Law Firm, LLC, went on to say, quote, People call us all the time complaining about their private employers or private businesses like Facebook or Twitter violating their supposed free speech or First Amendment rights. That's not really a thing. There's nothing we can do about that. The only exception 
would be if you can show evidence that private non-governmental actors are acting in concert or conspiracy with government. And you can't speculate about that or assume that, unquote. Now, until Elon Musk bought Twitter and then exposed the Twitter files, it was all speculation. But the absolute proof that Twitter was conspiring and acting in concert with government entities is contained throughout the Twitter files. And we also know that Facebook was acting in concert and conspiring with government entities to violate our First Amendment right to freedom of speech based on what Mark Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan a month or so ago regarding the FBI going to Facebook to have the Hunter Biden laptop story squashed. While there are nine basic limitations to free speech, that that would be times when free speech is considered by law to be limited, they are categorized as follows. Obscenity, fighting words, defamation, including libel or slander, child pornography, perjury, blackmail, incitement to imminent lawless action, true threats, and solicitations to commit crimes. None of what we have seen in the Twitter files falls into those categories. None of it. What the government and government entities and agencies have been doing is limiting free speech or censoring free speech primarily to shut down viewpoints, ideas, conversations, and opinions that are in opposite contrast to the liberal narrative. That is a direct unequivocal violation of our First Amendment right to freedom of expression perpetrated by the U.S. government and those employed by social media and mainstream media at the behest of our government. Diane, before Elon Musk purchased the crime scene known as Twitter, then-CEO Jack Dorsey set before a congressional hearing and answered questions related to various forms of censorship that was, at the time, highly suspected. Well, you know, these people just, they lie and lie and lie and lie. But, you know, Twitter wasn't just censoring. They were doing other things besides censoring, which are just as bad. Absolutely. Jack Dorsey lied. He lied to Congress. He lied under oath. But like you said, Diane, Twitter was indeed censoring and shadow banning conservatives. But it was worse than just that. Twitter was making up their policies on the fly. It wasn't the algorithms they created to autonomously censor conservatives. They were actively, in real time, simply making rules up for the purpose of removing individuals from their platform because the liberal elite, including governmental entities, were telling them to do that. So, other than the FBI, what other government agencies were taking part in the illegal act of censorship? Well... On Christmas Eve, thanks to yet another Twitter files dump, we learned that the CIA, the Pentagon, and the Department of State were in on the scheme as well. Twitter execs in a series of emails referred to the many government entities directing the censorship of voices on social media platforms as OGAs, or other government agencies. In fact, Twitter execs completely lost track of which governmental agency they were dealing with and when. 
One of those emails asked, is today the DOD, Department of Defense, and tomorrow the FBI? Is it the weekly call or the monthly meeting? That's a quote. Now, Mm -hmm. to be sure, it seems as though the FBI was the ringleader, and in one email to Twitter execs, FBI agent Elvis Chan asked if it was okay to invite an OGA, other government agency, to an upcoming conference. At least eight different former FBI agents worked for Twitter's Trust and Security Division, including Product Policy Manager Greg Anderson, who worked on psychological operations at the National Security Council, and also Matthew Williams, Twitter's co-lead of its Trust and Safety Department, who worked for more than 15 years in intelligence with the FBI. Meta, that's Facebook, employed a top policy manager for misinformation by the name of Aaron Berman. He was a former CIA senior analytics manager. Facebook, by the way, had or have at least nine former CIA agents and six former Intel employees at other federal agencies, that's plural, working for them. Scott Stern, Facebook's senior manager for trust and safety risk intelligence, who spent more than seven years with the FBI leading high-stakes operational determinations for complex and ambiguous overseas counterterrorism operations, joined Facebook in January of 2020 and helped develop algorithms to combat quote-unquote misinformation. Corey Ponder spent better than six years at the CIA, the majority of which was spent as a, quote, senior targeting analyst, unquote, before he went to work for Facebook. And we find former CIA employees, including Brian Weisbart, Facebook's director of privacy strategy and operations, Chris Rose, a member of the government's point person on its oversight board project from March of 2020 to October of 2021, and Hagen Barnett, a former CIA contractor who leads the harmful content operations at Facebook. Diane, the list of former Intel agents is long and it goes on and on, but to be clear, most were hired by social media platforms soon after Trump's victory in 2016, while others were hired leading up to the 2020 election. Well, you know, if people think that this just had to do with government agencies and with a presidential election alone, it goes way, way deeper than that. Boy, it does. And it's not just our government agencies that were working for Twitter or other social media platforms in an effort to suppress and censor the voices of the American people in the 21st century public square. Clearly not. As the senior Twitter executive with editorial responsibility, excuse me, editorial responsibility for the Middle East, a fellow by the name of Gordon McMillan is also an officer in the British Army's 77th Brigade Psychological Warfare Unit. By the way, the 77th Brigade is the British military unit, which has the capability to complete or compete in the war of narratives at the tactical level and to shape perceptions of conflict. 
Now, we've also learned over the past couple of weeks that the FBI was actually paying Twitter to the tune of $3.5 million. According to the FBI, that was for reimbursement for the reasonable costs and expenses associated with their response to a legal process. But the FBI also disclosed that Twitter was not the only social media platform they reimbursed. They claimed they had done the same for others, but when asked who the others were, the FBI declined to comment further. The government agencies listed in this commentary were demanding that social media platforms quote-unquote take action regarding certain accounts, and to be perfectly clear, the accounts flagged by government agencies for action by social media platforms were conservative social media users who were in disagreement with the official and allowable propaganda supplied by the liberal elites. It wasn't just government agencies engaged in dirty and unconstitutional deeds at social media platforms. It went all the way to the White House in both the Biden and the Trump administrations. Independent writer David Zwieg said, Internal files at Twitter that I viewed while on assignment showed that both the Trump and Biden administrations directly pressed Twitter executives to moderate the platform's pandemic content according to their wishes. Again, to be completely clear, it doesn't matter why either administration was using pressure to censor social media content. It was and it is wrong and it is unconstitutional. It was illegal. If you're going to be irate when it's done by liberals, you had better be irate when it's done by conservatives or you're nothing but a hypocrite. Let me put it this way. While Trump was complaining long and loud regarding his own Twitter account being removed, he had previously urged Twitter to censor information being shared by many of his own supporters. That's just plain wrong any way you look at it. Diane, the Trump administration claims they were trying to stop COVID-related panic by suppressing people's social media accounts, but it was nonetheless unconstitutional and illegal. The proper way of handling such a thing would have been to have a primetime address from or to the nation from the Oval Office urging people not to engage in panic, but actively censoring people sharing their opinions on social media in the 21st century town square, wrong, unconstitutional, and illegal. Well, you know, the question now remains, and what a lot of people are doing, they're calling for the impeachment and uh, for what was done by the Biden administration. But being that this is a violation of a certain amendment of the Constitution, what Trump did was the same thing to a much lesser degree, and in a way he was fighting back against what they were doing to him. But if you're going to hold Biden to task, don't you need to hold Trump to task as well? I, I think so. Look, should Biden be impeached for pressuring social media to censor viewpoints in conflict with his stated policies? As it constitutes a direct violation of the First Amendment, the answer is yes. But 
to be fair, Trump pressured social media to also crack down on those opposed to his early COVID policies, a direct violation of the First Amendment as well, and both should be held accountable. Trust me, I'm only scratching the surface here, but what can be done about it legally? Sadly, virtually nothing. There will be congressional hearings, more will be exposed, but virtually no one will be held legally accountable. For the next couple of years, it's up to Merrick Garland to decide whether or not to prosecute anyone. And he will decide not to because if he goes after Trump for the aforementioned unconstitutional acts, he would also have to go after Biden, and we all know that will never happen. As for those within our intel communities who participated in unconstitutional censorship, the best we can hope for is a shuffling of the deck chairs on the Titanic. Perhaps some people might be fired, but that's about it. And others will surely take their place, not only at the agencies involved, but across social media platforms as well. It's up to we the people to clean house at the ballot box next time around by not voting for anyone involved in any aspect of what has so far been exposed or in what has yet to be exposed. And trust me when I tell you that so far we have only seen the tip of the iceberg. What you have when the government, government agencies, and presidential administrations violate the First Amendment willfully while members of Congress from both sides of the aisle shrug their collective shoulders is a constitutional crisis. And the Twitter files is exposing just such a crisis right now. The more we learn, the deeper the crisis becomes. And that is something I intend to deal with in future commentaries. Civil War? The Second Revolution? Only time will tell. You know, things are so bad in this country right now, whether people want to admit it or not, especially with our southern border, the economy. I mean, we're just a mess here right now. Yeah, and, and we're not and we're not even a hot mess. We're just a mess. Mess. And and it might take I'm not going to call it a civil war. That has kind of different connotations, but I will agree and call it a second American Revolution. We need to take our country back. We can't trust the ballot box because it's not who casts the ballots, it's who counts the ballots. Right. So we can't trust them. We might come down to the point of having a second American Revolution behind every blade of grass. The Japanese were afraid of us. Maybe it's time the America hating Democrats, liberals, etc. Maybe it's time they get a dose of some real medicine because our politicians just don't have the backbone. You know, it, you hate to think of, of that being the case and, and that being the, the, the way to resolve the situation. But honestly, I don't know that there's any other way. I mean, right. our, our intel agencies the FBI, the CIA, the DOD, uh, the DHS, uh, the list goes on and on, the IRS, 
they're all doing this. All, all of our government agencies are right. doing this. Our intel agencies are doing this. Administrations are doing this. And I guarantee you, as the Twitter file dumps continue, we're going to find the names of members of Congress, members of the Senate involved. Oh, and I'll course. bet you anything it'll be people from both sides of the aisle. Of course. It's not just going to yeah. be from one side. You know, yeah. our side, we like to think that we're so altruistic and so good and stuff. But we've got we've got our share of bad apples too. That's that's absolutely correct. You can't yeah. get you can't get away from a fact like that. Okay. No. And it's like I say in the commentary, if you're gonna be irate when liberals do it, then unless you want to be a hypocrite, you gotta be equally as irate when the conservatives are doing it. Agreed. You know, and Our founders and framers, they made freedom of speech part of the very first amendment to the U.S. Constitution. That's how important they saw this particular topic. And I guarantee you, if our founders and framers had found government actors in any way doing anything like this, the shooting would have already started. True. Why, why do you think we had a revolution against the Brits to begin with? Yeah, but you know what? As brilliant as our founders and framers were, even they could not imagine what would become of their American dream, basically. Well, and part of the, part of the, the um, I, I guess, the evidence that they really didn't see this particular thing coming you know they they made freedom of speech a paramount thing in the first amendment great right as it should be but when you violate that when government entities and agencies and administrations violate the people's freedom of speech actively and willfully what's the punishment there isn't any spelled out anywhere. There isn't any punishment spelled out because they could not imagine this. What they I mean, what they counted the on technical aspect of it. Forget that you know that type. You know they they had no idea about computers and platforms right. and all that. But when you come down to the basic concept of good versus evil, they could not imagine the kind of people that would be operating and part of our government. Well, That's not how they set up our government to be. No, and what they were counting on was that we, the people, would throw the, the lousy bastards out and elect different people. Well, you know, what we see now is a perfect storm. We'd like yeah. to do that, but like you said, it's who count the ballots, not who cast the ballots. Exactly, and you we're know? not going to correct it. Back until- in the days... Oh, go ahead. No, it's not going to be corrected until somebody has a backbone to say, hold on a minute. I mean, I've got an idea who could correct it. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, until members of Congress and members of the Senate grow a backbone and a set of moose balls, nothing's going to happen. No. You know, I mean, it's it's just, just the way it is. Now, our founders and framers back in the day, um, you know, if somebody was censoring, somebody in the government was censoring, uh, you know, people, the only way to censor people back then was to throw the people you wanted to shut up in jail. 
Right. Okay. Now you get thrown in Twitter or Facebook jail. Not that you, Diane, would know anything about that. Not, yeah, only 48, 49 times. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, folks, the uh, the title on the commentary is The De- Democrat Party's Tyranny Exposed. And like I said, we've only seen the tip of the iceberg. But if you want a copy of this, uh, you want to share it, and I hope you do. Uh, and I've got the video of Jack Dorsey lying to Congress. Flat right. out lying. It's embedded in the blog, okay? Go to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com, or go to rspradio1.com. Either place, you can find the link to the Democrat Party's Tyranny Exposed. Read it for yourself, see the video for yourself, and share it everywhere. Yeah. It's a good commentary. It's, It's easy to understand. And I'm sure there'll be more coming. Craig, your thing on Twitter is like my thing on COVID. It has like no end in sight. You know, we're we're going to keep an eye on this. I will write more commentaries, I guarantee you, uh, regarding uh, the Twitter files. Um, but the thing to know, everybody was jump, had been jumping up and down for the last month. See, we told you we were being censored. The real story, we knew that, but the real story is who was behind it. Who was behind it? And Craig kind of, you know, you and I kind of guessed it. We knew right. that the Biden Biden and crew were behind it all, and that includes the Democrats, the DNC. Uh, Obama's hand is all over this, too. Oh, yeah, he's got fingerprints all over it. The FBI, yeah. the CIA... Uh, yep. Department of Homeland Security, the IRS, the list goes on and on. Holy cow. I mean, this is direct violations of the First Amendment. What we have now is what I called in the commentary a constitutional crisis. And, and people need to focus on that because that's as big as it gets. But as long as Merrick Garland is AG, nothing's going to happen. Absolutely, and I cover that too. Folks, we've hit the bottom of the hour. That means the end of the show. Yes, it does. And with that, folks, nighty night. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll catch up with you again on Friday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.